Yeah. And welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I'm here this evening with one of my friends, Ross. That's me. There he is. Just quickly, because I always forget about this. Um, if you are listening to this on Google Podcasts or Spotify or any of those podcast things, please hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified every time this comes up. So every new episode, you'll get a notification on your phone or any device that you're using. Um, yeah, I always forget to mention that. So thanks, nah. guys. How's Ross? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Getting there. <laughs> good. Living the dream, as they say. That's what they all say. <laughs> None of it's true. <laughs> Especially not this year, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <sighs> Let's um, address the elephant in the room. You are one of the hardest fucking people I've ever had to try and get hold of in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good at the old internet thing. I'm more of a in-person kind of guy, you know? I, I try yeah. to not stare at my phone too much. And <laughs> as a result, I don't get back to people. Yeah, often. Hey, fair enough. Um, I've known you for probably about 10 years, though, and you've yeah. always been like that, so I don't really know what else I expected. <laughs> yeah, it's been just over a decade, I reckon. But yeah. Cool. So, first question I'm asking people at the moment oh, yeah. is, how has lockdown been for you, and how has it affected your life? Okay, well, lockdown has definitely affected my life in an interesting way, as my main occupation, really, is... Uh, working hospitality i live in a pub um so it's like the the working life for me like in and out of lockdown so in lockdown are we talking about this lockdown or the lockdowns of 2020 or just all of them from the start probably Uh, the first one in march yeah well the first one in march i mean it was heaven on earth because i'm in the pub on the beach so like literally every single day it was actually like i was actually i could leave my house without (laughs) without people just being there every time i leave the house it's been amazing and yeah um you know getting to enjoy that's like the summer weather we got over lockdown i got furloughed and everything so i definitely got the better end of the deal really as far as lockdowns go for this country yeah Uh, but uh yeah going back into work after that lockdown i noticed like (laughs) the hospitality sector like we've got all these extra rules to go through and we had about the same amount of customers we'd get any summer yeah to deal with uh, <laughs> and it's been quite a slug really because it's been like a regular busy summer with all the stress of that plus the extra steps of all of the things we have to take post coronavirus yeah yeah gotta be covid secure yeah uh, lots of PPE, lots of hand gel. Yeah, sanitize your hands. Don't. Lots of uh, silly things that probably don't even make a difference. But... <laughs> there are a few things that get us questioning, really, especially with some of the yeah. new the new things for this Wednesday coming up, really, for us yeah. re- reopening again, again, and yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, this time like we're in tier two at the moment down here, which apparently yeah. means that people can't drink without having a substantial meal, whatever yeah. that means. So. <laughs> So it's going to be difficult because it's, because, <laughs> I mean, what, do you just go, okay, sir, you can just sit there with nothing until your substantial meal arrives. Then when it arrives, yeah. here's your beer. And when you finish, fuck off. Yeah, it's uh, weird. Isn't is it? that what we're supposed to do? I mean, that's what it feels like. Well, what we're going to have to do is when we've had our, quote, substantial meal, we're going to have to Zoom call Boris Johnson. <laughs> we're going to have to show him what we've had to eat. And he's going to have to verify whether or not that's a substantial meal. Hmm. So uh, he's going to be a busy boy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little TikTok thing, like rate or a Twitter thing, like rate my meal buzzer. Is it substantial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I imagine doing a one-way system in the cove is quite challenging because yeah, there's only one bloody entrance. <laughs> yeah, one way in, one way out, isn't it? Yeah, that is that way. So to try and police that's quite difficult, really. It does it kind of defeats the object a lot of the time. There's a lot of places. Um, around that are doing a lot better. The White Heart in Weymouth, um, that that's, that that was like the best place for a one-way system, really, because it's just this big circle yeah. that goes round. But yeah. for us, because of this, like, because you're one way in, really, it's kind of just got. Mm. You might as well have a better set of traffic lights at the front door. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually seen that. Oh well, I've seen that the co-op in Fortunes well on Portland yeah, has like a traffic light thing. You are now allowed to enter the store. It's like, oh my god! Yeah, Tesco and Weymouth Town Centre have got one of them. Yeah, that doesn't. Um, I just don't know why they're probably quite expensive, so I probably answer my own question. But I don't know why we don't just use those um, temperature guns. Mm. If you don't have a high temperature, then you can come in. But yeah, well, that's, that's not good enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because of the some people that don't show symptoms, it's so like True. hit and miss what you can get away with or whatever. Yeah, if you're asymptomatic or whatever the phrase is. I, yeah. I'm not a doctor, as you probably know. Uh, I'm far from one of you. <laughs> but yeah, how's it How's it been at home? Has everything been all right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the home has been more organised than it ever has been. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's good. I've been, I've, I've gone back to college doing my degree, so I'm spending a lot of time at home doing my bloody essays I've got to do. Yeah. So many of those, not missing that at all. No, that's cool. We'll, we'll chat about that in a bit because cool. I know that's your most recent sort of fresh venture. Yeah. But yeah, all, all in all, COVID's uh, been a bit of a weird one. But um, yeah, Definitely, yeah. It's, ch- it's changed my life. To get it. Sorry. That's all right. We're trying to get through it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, it's changed my life quite considerably as I imagine it has with a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. been interesting. I'm trying to... I don't know. So, moving on. Yeah, right. Shifting gears a bit. Ooh. Uh, I think I've mentioned some of this to you already, but I'm just going to read off what I've got on my notes, because I always make notes, because I'm professional, apparently. That's right. So I've got Ross Broughton South, musician, drummer, introvert turned extrovert, because I want to talk about that. Ex-party animal and event organiser. That's what your description is to me. Oh, okay. Well, that's a very good description. I like it. Can, can, you, can you send that to me afterwards so I can use it in like my CV or something? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just take a picture of it and you'll be like, yeah, this is my CV. <laughs> so, <sighs> music. That's pretty much how we met, isn't it? Yeah, is yeah, it? definitely. Yeah, that's exactly where. That's rather accurate. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, Ben, yeah. you're very. Uh, yeah. uh, nail on the head for that one, I reckon. Music brings everyone together, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a good one. So, I want to know, Ross, what's the best gig you've ever played with any band that you've been in, and what was so good about it? Well, definitely not Desert Rose at the Cove, but (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) to be honest, it's difficult to weigh it up, really. Um, There are two gigs that stand out for me in my musical endeavours, and that was, uh, both of them were a silly band. Uh, one yeah. of them supporting Electric Six and one of them supporting Skindred. Yeah. Now, uh, the one supporting Skindred had a had the biggest crowd we played to, so it was quite substantial. But they it, they didn't quite give us all. Oh, I say they. I mean, we probably didn't give them 
Well, I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know what more we could have given, to be honest. But I, the, the crowd interaction when we were supporting Skinvent wasn't quite what I experienced with Electric Six. So I imagine actually my best gig that I've ever played is supporting Electric Six because I just like never had a more interactive crowd of that size before. It was, it was an amazing yeah. experience. That was in Plymouth yeah. um, in the White Rabbit. Oh god, I said yeah. Rabbit, and I'm in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> the White Bunny. Yeah. That one. Love it. That's cool. So that was significant to you because just everyone was sort of playing along. And... Yeah, it was the first gig that we played to that many people as well, really. And it was in a in a town that was outside of our hometown as well. So that made it just that extra level of like it was it was a big um, foothold for us in Plymouth because it was our first time we'd ever yeah. played in Plymouth. And um, yeah, yeah, we made some great long like lifelong friends there really from that experience. So yeah, it was definitely an overall amazing experience. Yeah, I bet you were a bit of a whirlwind, sort of showing up. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it always it always surprised people considerably when yeah. we turn up on stage and then throw space hoppers out everywhere and pinatas and ball pits yeah. and whatever else we could find on the streets and just throw it at people. Yeah, <laughs> just um, just on the whole chaos that was silly band. I remember um, supporting you at the Fuel Bar in I Cardiff. Think, in Cardiff. Yeah. Um. I don't have have a really weird long term memory, Ross. I tell you, <laughs> I'm, I'm not writing notes about any of this. I just remember all of it off the top of my head because no, I'm weird. Yeah. So Fisher of Riddles, who was probably the last full time band that I was sort of managing and playing bass in. Yeah. We supported you guys. You were headlining. We were main support, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life watching you guys <laughs> in a good. Um, you like I don't really like swearing on this podcast much, but I don't think I've got much of a choice with you guys because <laughs> literally didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you don't care if you're playing to an empty farm, which I think you have. Yeah, <laughs> or of a million people in an arena. Yeah, or a packed yeah. out pub in Cardiff. Yeah. You you absolutely give it one million percent, and I appreciate that because. I think that's really the only way that you'll ever get anywhere. Yeah, we've well, got to take it because you never even know. Like, if you're playing like two, three people, for example, you know, anywhere is that like which we have done. <laughs> I've done in multiple bands over the time, you know, but you yeah. never know who these people might be, and quite frankly, they're there watching you, and they, you know, they've given up their time to watch you. So why not give it a hundred percent, despite the, you know, you, you only you only get what you put in. <laughs> The um the only band I've ever experienced that has a band broom, yeah, to clean up all the mess you make after the set because you've got confetti cannons, yeah, you've got all pit balls of death, space hopper wall of death, well, <laughs> and, um, just fucking chaos. Uh, after after, just... after a while, it kind of was like our um, it was like oh no, it was just polite really for us to bring the broom because quite frankly, not many venue owners were quite happy about having their own cleaners. <laughs> like have to clean up the mess because it's the difference of you know like I don't know it's the difference between working in a in a seaside cafe or a bloody nightclub you know like it changes your whole <laughs> the cleanup is 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 horrendous and I wouldn't want anyone to come into work just thinking after a normal day it might be a bit of beer and on the floor a bit of vomit in the toilet maybe but then suddenly on the stage area there's just more and more <laughs> like <laughs> just, I don't know it looks yeah. like a bomb's gone off. So, yeah. Just imagine the cleaner coming in at six AM and just like this complete war zone on, on stage and 
someone goes, what the hell happened here last night? And someone just like looks at you and shakes and goes, silly band. Silly band happened. Yeah, so it was just kind of polite, really. You know, We wanted to be invited back to these places and it was always a good yeah. impression to make if we were cleaning up our own mess and stuff. So, you know, couldn't yeah. afford to hire anyone to do it. So we just had to do it ourselves. I think um, as long as the broom got some royalties, then I think it's all fair game. I don't really. think anyone got any royalties. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so off the back of that, I uh, just want to know a bit more about Ross. Ooh, so I me. want to know the best gig you've ever been to that you haven't played at, or you could uh, you could add that in if you want. But I'm talking about you know the, your favorite oh well, yeah well nothing i don't think is ever really going to beat the experience i got when i saw ramstein at download 2012 like yeah. yeah that was i've only seen him once but the one time like literally i always known that ramstein had got this big stage show and everything but to actually experience it firsthand and just you know from start to finish it really is something that i didn't even need to headbang because i was just taking too long just to stare at everything that's going on i'm just taking it all in and it's an yeah. experience I can't replicate with any other band. Like it definitely seeing them live, they're definitely number one for me, really. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, the state, the stage show, the pyrotechnics, and this is just how like <laughs> I don't know how close to the close to the cuff some of the pyrotechnics are. Sometimes you think it's going to go wrong, but they nail it. Yeah. They nail it definitely. The um the only band I've ever seen that have done pyrotechnics was when I went to Teddy Rocks. I think it was probably last year. Oh, yeah, uh, and they occasionally shooting fire out of the cannon. Yeah, they do have those big fire cannons at um Teddy Rocks Festival. It was quite yeah. a nice addition to the <laughs> to the open air feel that they they got going on there. It's fantastic as long as you're not at the front barrier because it's such an intense heat. Yeah, it is. I yeah. can't really describe it. Yeah, it's... it's just dry and pure, like as if you're in a burning yeah, building. Exactly. For, like... Propane shooting out of your face. <laughs> yeah. And I remember they had massive confetti cannons for certain bands, and I thought, fucking hell, if they set off a confetti cannon by accident and then yeah i always thought that is a fire cannon then it's just gonna rain yeah, fire. everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i love teddy rocks shout out teddy rocks yeah. hopefully that's back up and running next year yeah i'm looking forward to it i'll definitely want to attend yeah. nice nice so you like your stage shows, you like all your theatrical, you like all your visuals and your lighting yeah. and all that sort of Definitely. stuff. Definitely. When things are well choreographed and well put together, it, you know, it really does make a big difference. Yeah. No, it does. I remember um, some of your members sort of categorically telling me that you'd rehearsed some banter in Silly Band. Yeah, there was a certain banter that we, uh, well, it just sort of like fell naturally. Like it was, it was. Yeah only a matter of time at some most gigs that I would be sweating profusely so I always had a sort of like I'm sweating like X and an X kind of joke <laughs> <laughs> I changed those up yeah. here and there it's funny because I watched you quite a few times and it was um, <clears throat> the same sort of script every night and I don't think people sort of realise that because you know if you're on tour you'd be playing a different city every yeah. night so to speak Um you were very consistent, I will give mm -hmm. you that. And it was the uh, the same sort of flowing set list as before. Yeah. Um, you got in a really good half hour. It was it was quite funny to yeah, watch. Yeah, exactly. We never, we never wanted or needed to drag it on too long at any point. But um, so yeah, not like we could write enough songs to <laughs> really fill out a longer set anyway. But yeah, it was... Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it was good. It was it was good. It was a good experience. I want to replicate that. Well, not completely, but like I want to, you know, have similar experiences in the future. So I'm praying for like the live yes. industry to come back, to bounce back from yeah. this. So it's difficult because <laughs> it's bloody yeah, global pandemic. Cool. It's on its ass at the moment. Yeah, horrendously. A lot of my podcasts have mentioned that. Where uh, I've hit up people like John from Sanctuary Eternal Endeavor. Oh, yeah, how's he doing? Yeah, he's good. He's he's probably uh, up for chat with you. He spoke about you in the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, I miss that guy. I was actually singing um, uh, Fallen Angel the other day. <laughs> yeah, what? Returning from the night. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, I love that yeah. song. Yeah, it's good. So I want to get a bit negative for All a good. sec. What's the worst gig you've ever played? Worst gig I've ever played? Oof. Wow. Uh, oh, God, there's so many. <laughs> if you mention Desert Rose, you will have to donate £5,000 to a chosen charity. Well, I already have. So... <laughs> <laughs> the Desert Rose charity. Oh, see... Is it... No, you can say whatever. Yeah, the thing is, I, I don't know, it's difficult because like, even with like Silly Band, for example... Um, when Silly Band first ever started, it was like it was like the in thing to hate it to start with, and that's yeah. kind of where yeah. I brand, like I built it from. Really, I sort of like took the fact that the only attention it was getting was the fact that people hated it. I mean, we our first live experience was at a Finn's jam night, and everyone booed us <laughs> at yeah. a jam night. I mean, how harsh is that? <laughs> but we. That is but, you know, take, taking that and just uh, like taking the whole like, well, your attention's on me anyway, so here we go. Like that's kind of how yeah. I played it. So I mean, like technically, I could say that there was a load of silly band gigs that were technically bad because those people were booing, but we were thriving from it. So it kind of worked, like leveled itself out. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, like you know, it's difficult sometimes. Like um, there was a gig that Silly Band played. It was the gig straight after we supported Skindred. We actually played Fuel again in Cardiff. We think we played there about seven times yeah. in our career. And yeah. Um, yeah, we went from playing to like five hundred people with supporting Skindred, and then the next gig we play, which is like a few days after, we played to seven people yeah. <laughs> on like a Thursday yeah. night or something. And I remember the entire yeah. band was so bummed out about it. It nearly thwarted the band there and to be fair it did start a big decline because like the the hype feeling of like playing to all these people and like the the uh hunger for success really comes to you when you play the bigger crowd and um and then when you then play your next gig and it's to seven people the motivation of the whole band was just gone uh, yeah, and it. so even though the gig was pretty good, the people there reciprocated it well, but it was definitely one that felt like a bad gig. No, I get that. Um, I've been listening to quite a few uh, podcasts lately, and they do talk about that exact thing where, like, say, you know, I'm not comparing these two like for yeah. like, but if someone gets um, born into a family that wants to train for the Olympics and you win a gold medal, for example, what do you do yeah. after that? If you're bred for a specific purpose, and then suddenly you manage to achieve that goal, yeah. it's it's hard when you're at the top of the hill, it's hard to, you know, what do you do when you're at the top of the mountain? Do you climb another mountain? I know, because you're already at the top of the mountain, you've got to go down that mountain to climb the next mountain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Mm, yeah, it's a huh? way to think about it. So, 
spoke to Jim and Nikki Smash um, on it's... these worst gigs, and um, I was mentioned to Jim, Jim when uh, Jim we were in Darling yeah, God, yeah. Jim. Oh, I miss yeah. Jim. He was so nice. <laughs> I haven't seen him in I don't even know how long. You were talking years. Yeah, we'll go for a walk if you want when all this rubbish Definitely, goes out. I miss that guy. He's just like, just so far, just so friendly, isn't he? Like, yeah. <laughs> just, he's just got it there. Yeah, I met up with him earlier and uh, he, he listens to this religiously. Yeah. He's one of my biggest. So uh, he subscribed. Subscribe, people. Um, so, yeah, I spoke to Jim and uh, we both agreed that the worst Desert Rose gig we ever played was a railway tunnel. Oh, yes. that, or... <laughs> oh, God. This, uh, <laughs> I had my shirt off. Sam called the owner a prick or something. That was yeah. It. yeah. And he just came over like, you're going to call me a prick. I was just like, oh, no. And then Hex goes over there. He's so... like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, that's it. I ain't paying you. And then you weren't paying us yeah, anyway. <laughs> you weren't going to pay us. You called me a prick, so I'm going to be a prick. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a I'm going to. Yeah. 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 Then we, we we did find out from a few people, didn't we, that, that he was quite notorious for that kind of behaviour. So yeah. I wasn't quite surprised. But, you know, um, that was like one thing, really. It's like. Um, yeah, tense situations like that, it's very easy for things to get very sour, especially if you haven't signed any contract or anything. No, yeah, we weren't going to win that one. <laughs> I remember um, speaking to the Railway Tavern a couple of times before we showed up to book the date to make sure that, you know, we needed to bring X and Y equipment and all yeah. that sort of stuff. I wanted to make sure that we were playing a half hour, sorry, one and a half hour set. Uh, all that sort of stuff. And I remember speaking to the barmaid um, about some of those specifics. And she was like, just show up. Just show up. Good. I'm not, not really sure if I want to go ahead with this just from that response alone, because you obviously don't have a yeah. clue. Most bands spend half an hour setting up and half an hour packing down. Um, you need to find spaces for your cars and all that sort of stuff. But I do think... Um, You've probably got a lot of experience with all of the behind-the-scenes operations of things that aren't just playing to 2,000 people, for yeah. example. Yeah, no, I mean, like... Some people really don't understand no, it, do There's they? a lot to go on, and if you're not to a decent schedule, you know, you can be pretty screwed over. I mean, that's why a lot of bigger bands hire so many people that manage their time, like the tour managers and everything. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, just to clarify, worst gig you've ever played? Just to clarify. Oh god, it's it's so difficult to to nail it on. I mean that. I mean, yeah. Desert Rose managed to pull off some pretty nasty ones, but I think that was once again it yeah. was more the attitude of the people around us. I mean, the one we played at the Cove all those years ago, I'd say that was a pretty shoddy gig. But I mean, at the same time, we did have people that listened to us, and there were people like that became new fans from that experience. Yeah, so, I um specifically remember just going on that gig alone. Um me going to Asda and buying some CDs that we could write our EP yeah. to. And uh, for some reason in my insanity, I gave them to Hex and he started writing in Sharpie, fuck off, we're not, sting. <laughs> um, we don't give a fuck if you like this CD or not. Uh, Ben's a batty boy. And I was just like, mate, this is not professional. Yeah. This is not how you do PR. <laughs> 
and it was something like uh, inspired by Final Fantasy. You know, just random little blurbs on every single CD yeah, case, not... and I was like, "Make stop!" <laughs> and then he would moan about the fact that you know Desert Rose weren't successful, and it's like, "Well, yeah, you've just ripped fuck off on someone's CD." Yeah, a lot to so yeah, that's probably not going to work, you know, as you intend it to. But yeah, fun times, lots of laughs, lots of uh, random road trips to watch other bands play. Yeah, yeah exactly. But we did yeah, have some all fun, experience. Though. I mean, supporting Zico Chain at the time in their album yeah. release in Hackney or whatever, that was a fun. Meeting um, Steve Harris. Yeah, him mm. being there was yeah. fucking crazy because his, um, his, daughter his daughter's band was playing there. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, bands that they kind of had that one removed thing about them where, you know, like Rise to Remain, for example, the singer of Rise to Remain's dad is... Yeah, I wonder how that does for them, like, when they're actually trying to make a career, you know, I wonder if it hinders them or makes it worse, you know, because, like, Rise to Remain is quite a lot different style to Iron Maiden as far as metal is concerned. So, like, I wonder how much that really affects them. Yeah. Um, who else did we play for? We played for quite a few random places. Uh, uh, random bands that had like an experience with a, you know, wider audience. A blind of Yeah. Um, can't remember. Can't remember. Can't so many that. years ago now. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good fun though. I uh, I do miss yeah. it sometimes. Well, of course. I think well, sometimes these things happen for a reason. I'll tell you actually. <laughs> <laughs> the third weekend in a row that we played the Roadhouse must have been a pretty bad gig because we because <laughs> it was like we had the same crowd coming yeah. for those three mm. gigs, but it just yeah. got smaller and smaller and smaller because we were playing the same mm. place yeah. um, and to the same clientele, or whatever. So yeah, so and that was yeah. when we were doing Desert Rose and Rumblefish Twist. Yeah. Rumblefish Twist. Videos oh still on God. YouTube. Yeah, there's videos oh of God, us at the no Roadhouse way. on YouTube, yeah. That was the first band that I really tried yeah, to play bass in. that was the first band in. I ever played in. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, having a crappy PD uh, the best bass. bass mate. You know it was. Have you no, got I don't that have it. I'm pretty sure I gave it back. Or I think Fred oh, Spratt yeah. has then... it. Oh, I was meant to mm. ask him about that. He was on my last yeah. podcast. Yeah. Small world when uh, instruments... <laughs> I'll tell you what I do have that I play all the time. And I... I know what you <laughs> say. Um, SG that you gave me, the uh, vintage SG. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say that six-string oh, bass. I've still got the well choker. But, uh... The well choker. <laughs> But no, I've got you because you sold me a, a vintage oh, SG years ago, and I just had it sat around yeah. for so many years. But now I've actually been, well, I've been using it to actually learn guitar on basically over the last few years. And um, yeah, it's just my favorite guitar to play. It's just, just got such a, I don't know what it is about SGs, they're a bit smaller and they just got, yeah, it just feels nice. It feels nice to play. Yeah, nice. yeah so I've been, I've been writing some of my. Uh, so some of my upcoming music on that at the moment, which has been nice. Nice. 
So uh, what we'll do is I'll um I'll come back in a sec and we'll talk about your new music because that seems like an appropriate oh, yeah. little segue. I'll be back Hit in two subscribe. minutes. Come back. Huzzah. I really need to contact Anchor about that and try and figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah, well, it's a good app though. It seems like it's quite a. It's good. It's um, it's a bit of a monopoly though, to be honest. Yeah, well, um, what isn't? <laughs> you can record in it. It will send all of the recordings that I do to Spotify. Cool. Uh, there's multiple platforms. So it literally does everything. It's like a one-stop shop. That's a good, good. Uh, good audio thing that I've experienced is just really strange. It seems to happen about thirty-five minutes in. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I need to get to the bottom of that because it might even be my phone. Yeah. Um, I think you know someone called Liam Dafter, don't you? Yes. Yeah. He he's uh. Where does he? He lives in Portsmouth, I think. Yeah, he started his own podcast called Halftime Coffee, and I'm due to start a podcast with them at some point. Yeah, but yeah, well, <laughs> Liam Dafter, what a guy! We were camping yeah. at Download Festival one year. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. He's he's. he's quite a guy. I mean, one morning he was just walking around the, walking around the campsite completely naked with like, just holding a top <laughs> holding, a, holding a top hat over his, uh, over his oh. member and, <laughs> and just revealing it at random <laughs> random intervals as he's walking around and just Jesus. slugging a bottle of vodka at 10 in the morning. Bloody hell. Oh, yeah, absolute state but what a guy. Well, where better to do that than a music festival? Otherwise, you'll probably get arrested. Mm, not quite, yeah. This <laughs> is just about got away <laughs> of that. Uh. So, uh, before we were rudely interrupted by technology, we were uh, quickly talking about your new music. So, oh, did yeah. you want to give that a shout out? Absolutely. So, I'm still in the process, sort of taking my time with it. I've done a lot of songwriting. I'm constructing somewhat of an album that you know reflects on me and you know it's going to have some sort of you know quite a lot of laid back sort of vibes uh, like it would have had with like a silly band for example but it's not going to necessarily be strictly comedic but there's going to be you know quite a light-hearted side to it that's going to you know reflect exactly who i am really yeah um there's a lot of planning i want to do for it but it's difficult because what i wanted to do because it's my effectively my solo stuff although i am working on it with a couple of musicians um, it is that uh, I wanted to sort of uh, make a. I don't, I'm still debating how many tracks I'm going to have on it, but I basically want to make a music video for every single track. And okay. the idea that I had really for it was to involve as many local people that have been or are still, or you know, my friends um, or acquaintances who would want to be involved in the music videos. And um, yeah, I wanted to get as many people involved as possible for the making of these music videos when I get round to them. But the obstacle I obviously have at the moment is this coronavirus. <laughs> that bloody thing. That bloody coronavirus. All the rage. It's all the rage. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I think once we've got a vaccine, I think that would be a really good um, project to kickstart again. I suppose. Yeah, I'm also um, yeah, I'm also doing uh, best friends, which is just a little project I'm doing off of my um, college course, really. But I want that to be quite a community-based project as well. I want to eventually. Uh, I'm sort of getting on the 
I'm starting at the foundation at the moment, but eventually I want it to grow into a sort of community-based project where lots of people can get involved and we can like showcase a lot of mu- different musicians around our local area. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I hope it's going to be eventually a good outlet, but I've got to take it slow, you know, because I'm not going to, don't want to rush too many things. But then at the same time, like with our first music video that we released, it was all filmed on my iPhone kind of thing. And it came yes. together quite well, really. That's good. Yeah. A lot of um, YouTubers I watch just say, just start filming on your phone. Yeah. That's, like, that's all I got. <laughs> that you'll be able to afford a Canon GTX or whatever they're called. But yeah, start basic and work your way up. That's the best way to do it, really, isn't it? Yeah, so that's the kind of thing I'm working on at the moment, and then hopefully I should be able to branch my solo stuff from that, as well as anyone else who gets involved with the project, we can use it as a base for them to branch their solo, their like original stuff from that as well. Yeah. Hopefully. Win-win. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I'm still in the yeah. writing process of my album, but um, you know, I'm taking my time with it, making sure that it's how I want it to be. And then once I've, once I've got it recorded, it's going to be all systems go for making music videos, I think. Are you recording that at home? Uh, I'm doing the demoing all at home. I've managed to get myself quite a nice setup, like a little home setup, really. It's just a like, little focus right interface into my laptop that I'm using now. Um, got the latest version of Studio One in the Black Friday deals. Uh, nice. And um, yeah, so I'm just going to record all the demos there. And then I'm going to look for um, someone to... Um, professionally sort of do it i think or like on a better level than i am because i'm still at quite a novice level really for recording anything i'm just demoing stuff you know yeah um but yeah i will be looking into getting a recording thing but i need it to be affordable i'm not you know i'm not i'm not gonna spend like four or five grand on this like it's not gonna be yeah i'm not gonna have that money to throw away on it but i'm you know i'll do my best to finding the best quality that i can find really but i'm not gonna be officially recording it myself because i need that extra pair of ears anyway i think to make it how i want it to be yeah definitely that sounds good just set yourself a budget and don't go over it yeah that's the best way just spiral out of control and you'll yeah, be uh... I've, I've, I've learned the hard way that blowing money just for yeah. the sake of it doesn't actually make any difference yeah. like you know like... yeah no definitely um is there any other music things that you're in at the moment that you want to mention um so yeah as flames rise are currently we're sort of in the process of writing an album at the moment we've um we've had a lot of sort of like um challenges i suppose might be the word for it i mean like we've um we've obviously had the coronavirus so we haven't been really practicing much at all and we're just sort of getting to grips of being able to send things to each other via the internet and using our you know um music editing software effectively so we can actually send things back and forth and actually write music properly like that because it's difficult to actually meet up and actually write the music anymore yeah with all the bloody lockdowns and such um so yeah so it's been a slow process for us really as flames rise we did our lockdown video back in i don't even know what month it even was that we (laughs) released it was in august was it in back in june (laughs) this year's gone so fast um yeah but yeah, we, we did a lockdown video for Escape, which is really good. We got loads of fans to send in videos of themselves uh, in their lockdown situations. And it was a good way to bring like some of our fans together with us in that. Um, so yeah, we are looking at recording and well, writing an album really at the moment for hopefully to be released in 2021. But we don't know what challenges might delay that, to be honest. The same with my own album, to be honest. Yeah. 
No, it makes sense. What do you um? What do you do in As Famous Rise? Oh, I play the drums. The drums. Yeah, I got a nice custom drum kit from RT Customs, just in time for us to be locked down so I can never play it live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, rubbish. We'll get there, Ross. We will get there. I, I promise. bloody hope so because it's like oh, it's killing me. Like live yes. shows is a big part of my life. You know, it's a big part of my like recreational yeah. experiences. Um, yeah, so it's, I'm I'm praying for the day it comes back, and I'm. I do feel for a lot of festivals out there that usually rely on an advanced ticket sales to actually even run. And yeah. like, I'm sure they're still paying some sort of fee to like reserve yeah. that land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, um, so I'm sure that, so I'm sure a lot of festivals are taking a big hit at the moment, as well as a lot of music venues really for, for this, yeah. this time. So I'm just hoping there's going to be not just the live experience coming back for everyone, but just for these businesses as well that are, you know the, the the places that bring us you know that actually give us the live experiences yeah i think um a lot of that as well is um you see some of these places when they're not in full lockdown like we are right now mm. they try to do half capacity venues they try to do social distancing wear a face mask if you're on you know blah 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 um but people don't really want that but at the same time they want to feel safe they don't want to leave their house and think oh my god if i leave i'm gonna get it yeah so it's a very difficult situation that i don't think we've ever really been in before mm, um, yeah not like this post spanish flu anyway which yeah. was a, a couple of hundred years ago but um yeah it's weird it is because i'm i'm booked to go on some gigs uh planning to see at shikari next year mm, yeah and i kind of I want my first experience with them to be insane and hectic and yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like uh, I've uh, so many like uh, bands and artists are doing like streaming shows and stuff, and yeah. I mean like I, uh, I I get it for like the, the hardcore fans, I suppose. Like, I suppose if System of a Down did one, then I'd probably be on it. Uh, I'd probably like give it a go or whatever. But it just does. It's not the same for me, and I know it's not the same for them either. I know they probably don't want to be doing it like this, you know, but. Yeah, it's 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 not really. I mean, yeah, it's it's a whole yeah, different experience that isn't giving you the same sort of feeling as when you were there with lots of random strangers. That was kind of like the 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 the, yeah. the magical thing about like live shows, really, especially when you're going to see a specific band and stuff, and you you're there with loads of people that have that interest, and you meet yeah. them, and like meeting all these new people was part of that live experience for me. And so, yeah, so it's definitely. Definitely done a number for me for like <laughs> I want it. Yeah. I want it back bad. It is funny how meeting someone at a gig, um, you just need that one common ground of I like, I don't know, um, Guns and Roses or someone of that caliber, and you know Motorhead, for example. Yeah, you can just make friends with someone just based on that. Yeah, exactly. That's why I've always loved music because it does bring people together in magical ways, and like you know, yeah. and that can be like cross genre as well. And yeah. I've made lifelong friends through meeting, yeah. like you know, meeting them at gigs and stuff. And yeah, yeah, I've met some people that have got married through meeting at a gig. Yeah, you know, that's pretty out there. Yeah, exactly. It's a social environment. Um, yeah. So um, 
let's get into your transformation. Oof. So this actually ties in quite well with um with just music. To clarify, <laughs> just to clarify, it's not a gender transformation. <laughs> as far as you're aware, anyway. As far as I'm aware, yeah. So the first time I met Ross, uh, I want to say it was at Tides. Oh yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> Tides was a youth centre that kind of got turned into a bit of a music studio. Yeah, it did have um, one in the middle. It was on its arse a bit, but I think, Ross, am I right in thinking that you were a volunteer there at one point? Yeah, so I was there as a um, as an actual youth that, um, that was using the services to, to get myself back on track, really. My experience at school wasn't particularly savoury, let's say, and... Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I ended up taking a year out after school and I didn't go to college or anything in that year because I just couldn't face being in that kind of environment again. Um, yeah. yeah, and um, so I went to Tides for a year. And um, yeah, later on, um, uh, when the, uh, after the, well, every youth worker will tell you, after the Conservative government came in, that was when it kind of went downhill for the youth services, really. They were one of the first things to really get cut out of the services um, when some big cuts to the systems, uh, certain systems and stuff came in. So, um, so the only way the tide stayed afloat for at least another year really was through, um, was through uh, me and Hex doing uh, Babyfish studios in there, which we used the music studio area in the middle of there to um, use as a practice place and even a recording place. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see um, some people that you could actually approach trying to um, keep it afloat. Yeah, it was quite a good experience, really. I wish I had more time personally for it, because I was working full-time still, so I usually do that. I did leave Hex to do most of it. Yeah. I think um, the last time I spoke to Hex, I think he, he really misses that sort of being, I don't know if this is the right sort of analogy, but kind of a pillar of the community. Yeah, it was, it was you know, having a studio in a place like Weymouth. I mean, like, there wasn't there wasn't many musicians in Weymouth who didn't know Fuzzy, you know, because, like, he had music studios yeah. to be used. And there are so many musicians in Weymouth yeah. and Portland and even Dorchester, and yet there's hardly, you know, people are find, struggling to find places to practice. And uh, I'm surprised yeah. about the music shop situation as well. I don't understand why a music shop's never thrived in Weymouth, whether it's a rent thing or what, but... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a shame, really. So the first time I met Ross, I was in a band that was very makeshift. We didn't have a guitarist for a while. It was Matty Bowdage on vocals, Ross on drums, as he was learning the basics of drums, really. Um, and I had this god-awful bass. I don't even know what I had. Um, <laughs> we played unanswered a million times yeah. in a row. We played unanswered by Suicide Silence, <laughs> um, and that was about it, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think we. That I, 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 oh my god, I can't. I, I completely forgot about that sort of like yeah. error, really, because we did cycle through like random guitarists were coming in, playing through yeah. that song, and just never came back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, when I first met you, Ross, I felt very um, safe around you. I was able to sort of confide in you if I had problems and stuff like that. Aww. And I remember the um, the second week of the, what was it called, Tranquilizer? Oh my God, that's exactly what it was called. 
Oh my god, oh, tranquilizer. Yeah. yeah, we're so cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> so sick. Has anyone, has anyone made that name yet? I might bring it back. Do it. Mm. Call, call one of your solo songs, Tranquilizer. Mm. All right, I'll get that on the whiteboard. And then talk of the town. Yeah. Baby, baby, baby. Already, already <laughs> ripped off talk of the town and let's drink. Have you? Okay. So, what I'm going to talk about now is just um, how much you've changed, really. And it is in, in a good way. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not going to add you into a podcast and start slagging you off. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if you did anyway. <laughs> Slag you off when we finished. Yeah, no, right. Um, so, Ross was wearing a sort of trench coat hoodie sort of thing. Yeah, I used to wear a lot of sort of gothic attires. Yeah, you had very long hair. Yeah. And you didn't really want any trouble from anyone. Yeah. Um, and I do, <laughs> I do distinctly remember you just humming System of a Damn melodies. Yeah, um, probably sounds about right. consistently throughout our time of meeting. Mm. Um. And I remember you telling me that you wanted to learn drums, guitar, bass, and sing. Um, but I never really took the singing thing seriously because of how you were as a person. I felt that you were very, very introverted. Yeah, I, I mean, like even now, yeah. even now, I struggle to take singing to- like totally seriously. You know, I've I think I've found my own style within it, and it's not necessarily going to be like an Adele, uh, sorry, an Adele style sort of like you know or anything like that. So yeah, so yeah you know, I've still got a lot to work on, really, with vocals particularly. But I think I found where I where my sort of style fits in with the music I write. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I kind of knew you like that for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I used to promote some gigs with you. Yeah, we did. Played some bands with you. You were always my go-to when I needed a decent drummer. Hey. Um, but. <coughs> After a couple of years, I think, from what I can tell, and obviously I want some clarification on this because I'm not you, <laughs> you kind of just woke up one morning and went, fuck it, I can't deal with this person anymore. I'm going to cut all my hair off. <laughs> I'm going to start wearing some flamboyant clothes and I'm going to start splashing some cash like no one's ever seen. <laughs> um, well, And it was very strange to be the sort of audience for that yeah i'm sure it was strange for you as well because um i don't know did you have some sort of epiphany or some sort of intervention of like fuck it i don't care anymore or Um, was it i think these things um developed over more time than you might think but because we've just known each other for so long it probably feels like a blink i mean i think the changing the changing in my personality came with the expansion of my friend group. Like literally, just before I would have met you, Ben, I would have had yeah. practically, like, you know, my, my my friend group would have been practically zero. You know, I wouldn't, I didn't really know many people. I didn't go out of my way to meet any of these new people and stuff. And um, I, you know, I just left school. I only really had a couple of friends or a couple of people I could call acquaintances in school. Um, and then yeah. after meeting people like you and Matt and going out into and actually, like, you know, the, the whole like musicianship thing really, really is the first thing that brought me out into the, the meeting new people, really, you know, the pub experiences and stuff. I've never really even been out past like, you know, out past yeah. 
10 o'clock at night <laughs> until I was like yeah, 16, yeah. 17. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, just, just actually expanding my horizons of all the different people I met, all the so many people, and also starting to see life from a slightly different perspective over the years. When I was at, when I just left school, I was very narrow-minded. I really just didn't like... I, I had my own perception of how the world worked, and I eventually, you know, from meeting lots of new people of all sorts of different walks of life and real and finding the the good things about each person that m- what makes them individually a good person and stuff and like you know analyzing things like that and really growing as a person it, it did change me quite a lot and then suddenly we're having close to zero friends and suddenly a massive friend group of all sorts of different people it was a massive experience yeah. that changed my mindset completely as it was really that was kind of thing. Yeah. This this whole this whole meeting lots of people that I could actually get on with and I could find common ground with, even the people that I would previously be more prejudiced about, which namely were Chad. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. But no, I get that. But now I feel like I can kind so, of get on with anyone, kind of thing, you know. And I, I I feel that that's a part of my personal growth that I've been more, most proud of, you know. Yeah, yeah. It feels to me that you're i'm not sure right now but a couple of uh years ago when this transformation happened uh like you say it probably didn't happen overnight it happened gradually but we we go through phases don't we ross of talking and occasionally you know we just have a bit of a blackout i suppose and a couple of months later i'll i'll pop into the cove or i'll walk across chesil beach mm. and i'll bump into you and you know it's all good you always pick up where there's we no left malice. off yeah exactly there's no malice it's just yeah life gets in the way that's the difficult thing about having a wider friend group and meeting all these lovely people and everything is meeting yeah. is having all these people that i want to spend time with you know the only time to actually do that usually would be go to the pub because that would be like go to Finns. that's where everyone will be that's the like the watering hole the, the main focus points but but to actually meet everyone individually outside of these settings is just is quite challenging and then coronavirus on top of that has made it even worse so that's the one thing that's really majorly hit me this year yeah totally and this is actually the reason i've started doing this podcast is to try and sort of reconnect with people yes well good idea and i genuinely thank you i genuinely think that there's a lot of people in weymouth that have really interesting stories to tell definitely um I want to get Gilf on this podcast. Oh, I at miss one point. Gilf. But he is terrified of talking on the internet. I don't know why. <laughs> um, everyone's doing it. Everybody's doing it. People doing some really, really dodgy stuff on the internet. Um, so, talking about stuff, I just don't see how that could really be used against you. Yeah. No, no. We're not talking about edgy topics. We're not going to, you know, get fired from our jobs from just having a chat about memories. Yeah, no. But that's obviously up to him, and I do respect his wishes, and I think he's a father to, like, 47 kids at this point. <laughs> I can't remember what he's on now, because I can't remember whatever he had. Like, <laughs> I, I know that he's on, he's on at least three. Yeah. But So, yeah, he's got his hands full. But if he wants to come on, he's more than welcome to come on. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was just um, saying, like, a couple of years ago, I feel that you were, like, a truly social butterfly. Yeah. It, it is, it is insane how much... I've changed in that yeah. in that respect over the years, and you would have been one of the few people to really see it firsthand. Really, yes. Yeah. I remember seeing your profile picture on Facebook change from, from... Uh, <laughs> you know, a very long 
head of hair to basically a grade two. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I remember that was quite. Thinking. That was quite a. That was a very yeah. um, impulse movement, really. It was just kind yeah. of like. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt had turned around to me and was just like, wouldn't it be funny if you just t- shaved all your hair off and didn't tell anyone? And I was like, you know what, I might actually consider that. And then I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I turned up to a staff meal that night. <laughs> <laughs> literally went out, got my hair shaved off, turned up to the staff meal, and everyone literally had the same reaction of just this kind of, had to take two seconds to even realise who they're talking to. Did you feel that that was the start of it in terms of like physical weight or just, you know, when you do something drastic, I do feel that you're sort of getting rid of the old person and you're welcoming the new person. A lot of that was definitely in there, I think. Yeah, it was definitely, there was a big, it was a big change really because my hair was, the, the it was just a part of me, you know, it was a big part of who people recognised me as as well, this guy with long hair, it was yeah. just Ross with long hair, you know. Um, and it, you know, it's, I grew it for like ten years. Um, but yeah, but yeah. I just, I don't know, I've, I've, I've never really looked back on <laughs> to be honest because it's been so easy to manage every morning. But, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah, but I mean, yeah. I definitely did make some developments over the the previous years leading up to that moment. But I think it was sort of like a standpoint moment where I was just like, okay, this is where I say this is where the cha- the gradual changes over the years it has made a big uh, whatever Um, (laughs) you know no I get what you mean I think a lot of this is me talking about the visual change but I do think you physically and you emotionally changed for the better yes definitely I mean Uh, it's very easy to hate the world and sort of just keep your head down and yeah all the time and saying oh for fuck's sake it's raining again and to be honest there's thousands of people like that like i I used to be one of them myself um there's videos on youtube of me ranting in my car (laughs) that have 27 views yeah 27 more than 25 of them are probably people that don't even know who i am um, so they've got this connotation that I'm this negative person that just goes around screaming at people. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's all good. It's all in good fun. Exactly. But, um, I wouldn't have pressed record if I knew that I wasn't going to be able. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I know, like, man. It's a intentional thing, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, it goes yeah, sometimes, doesn't yeah. Yeah, I think um, sometimes you've got to drastically do something to steer your life back on track yeah exactly so give it a go yeah what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna um quickly add you back to the chat because we've nearly done an hour already so if you're happy to keep going then i'm just gonna uh, add you back okay dude so the next thing i want to talk about see what i do there so i try to uh, (laughs) the audience think that this is a smooth transition (laughs) (laughs) The power of editing, even though this is a podcast and they don't get edited. Um, yeah. I want to talk about some nostalgic stuff. So I don't know if you saw my Facebook message about this. Um, um, briefly, this seems to be quite a hot topic in the podcast world at the moment, talking okay. about sort of things that you did as a kid that you weren't really aware of. And now that they're like completely outdated, they're actually really funny to think about. Oh, then Matt's stealing his mum's car. 
yeah, sort of. <laughs> Something like that. Bursting through someone's door, yeah. Good fun. Um, no, I'm talking about like pranking people. Yeah. Um, which is when you phone someone's phone twice because you didn't have credit. Um, yeah. If anyone, if anyone remembers credit, then uh, yeah, <laughs> absolute better than podcast where nothing makes sense to anyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember going to the shop and getting a sort of receipt kind of thing for um, my Vodafone SIM card. Yeah. SIM cards are huge, aren't they? Back then. Yeah, I suppose they were. Tiny little microchips that store, you know, five thousand numbers on. But yeah, I, I remember that because um, I remember thinking a text I think was like twelve p. Yeah. I wanted to get as much text in that text as physically possible. That's right. Yeah, and then you type so much that it go. This now accounts as two text messages, and you're like, oh fuck off. Yeah. And you could uh, you could only hold like five text messages in your phone. Oh yeah, and you had to keep going through and deleting them. Yeah, and um, <laughs> now we've got phones with terabytes of storage. Yeah, which I'm our stuff probably delete. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, school things that I thought were really funny. I remember once um, a dog came into our school, and. Um, all hell broke loose, and it was like the Wild West, basically. <laughs> teachers, were trying to, uh, teachers were trying to calm everyone down, and kids were going mental because there was a dog. And um, just yeah, I just I miss the old days. Really, I want to use this uh, platform as an opportunity to sort of reminisce on funny things back in the day. And obviously, everyone's got school stories. I might do a separate podcast on that. But um, yeah, so have you got anything to add on that? Any fun I'm pranking. Just anything like that that's not really applicable nowadays, like blockbusters, you know, well, actually physically talking to people rather than on Skype or Zoom. Or... Yeah, as far as nostalgic thing goes, um, calling on people, uh, actually going to someone's house, knocking on the door, is this person in? And when, when I lived in Wyke, it, it was, well, it was usually me, Andy, Connor and Louie who lived in the four corners of Wyke. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to Connor's house and knock on his door. Is Connor right? Well, no, I think he's at Louis's house. And you go to Louis's house, you knock on his door. It's like, well, I think they're at Andy's house. And you go to Andy's house, and they're like, well, they've just walked down to Connor's house. You're like, ah! Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're just like constantly chasing around your friends because you had no way of contacting them before. Because, like you say, you might have no yeah. credit or you don't have a phone at all because I spent yeah. plenty of time without any phones. Yeah. Yeah. The good old days. Where you had to physically see someone to be able to contact them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy how far the like. Yeah, that's that's disappeared. You know. Do you remember the old internet on phones? Um, no, because my phone, because my, my only attempt at trying to go on the internet on my phone scared me into like scared me to thinking that something bad was going to happen. Like yeah. I can't remember what like, like me getting a massive charge or my mum getting a massive charge for me trying to go on the internet on my phone. So I never yeah. even tried it. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> some some people used to play the bloody like Harry the Hamster video and it was really poor quality. Like yeah, yeah, like hamsters yeah. just like ranting about stuff. I remember um, being added to like these text chain things. I remember remember being on something like that on MSN. They were just jokes and 
they'd get sent to like 200 people. Oh, right. Wide net. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think uh, MSN, everyone can probably sort of relate to that in a way. Bloody hell. I remember uh, when those two little green men didn't want to connect. It literally felt like your life was about to end. Uh, Yeah, literally when people used to add all of their friends list or whatever to a chat on MSN and then it would just be popping off every left, right and centre. And yeah. everyone would be like, Who's, who did this? Who, who, who added all this? No yeah. one would know. And everyone, I used to do that a couple of times. But I actually um, yeah. I actually discovered death metal through that way because it, <laughs> I was added to one of these random chats. And there were people yeah. from all over the country. So God knows who, what one of my friends had all these friends. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I just ended up staying in the chat until like the bitter end, basically. And then there was this other guy. <laughs> From, from so like, stubborn. Yeah, literally <laughs> other guy who was from like the Midlands or something, and you know, he was it was like one of those really like oh, it was such an awkward conversation. Now looking back at it, but um, yeah. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember like you know random you know where are you from, what's your name, blah blah blah, and then like, he was like, what music are you into? And I was like, death metal. And he was like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, what what death metal bands are you into? And I was like, Marilyn Manson. And it was like, <laughs> what was his name? Oh, I can't remember his name now. He was just—it's the only time I'd ever spoken to him in my entire life, and I could—I okay. I don't know where, it, like, specifically where he lived or anything. But yeah, he was just like, mate, <laughs> this is death metal. And he sent me um, yeah. garroted yeah. and dying fetus. Yeah, and I could just imagine like him being called Steve, and yeah. you say like Marilyn Manson, and it just says. Steve is offline. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had your chance and you blew it. Yeah, then yeah. literally, I remember listening to it and my life changed forever. I'd never known someone like, like Marilyn Manson was like the harshest vocals I'd heard. And I'd never yeah. heard anything like it. And I fell in love yeah. <laughs> with just people yeah. just vomiting down microphones, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there a band called Sperm Swamp? Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I, I've never said that on the podcast before well i'm glad to be here for that moment hell what the hell is that don't look it up for christ's Uh, sake luckily there's no visual element to any of their music (laughs) but but the the the, i i use you can't really see me doing it i'm using a uh quotations for when i say music but (laughs) yeah yeah Lots of sampling of rather unsavoury moments in human activity (laughs) (laughs) that's a very uh High level way of talking about it. Yeah, I like you, it. Tell them, you tell I'm doing a degree now. I, I just um, on MSN, I just want to mention two things. It was one of my friends, Jack, that I met at college. He'd managed to download a dodgy version of MSN and he could nudge people constantly. Oh, wow. And I think it actually broke my computer, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Christ. Um, my computer was absolutely knackered and I always had the choice of going on msn or myspace i couldn't do both because it would just be too much for it to handle oh. and uh I'm yeah it's all a bit like that to be honest these whippersnappers don't know how good they've got it do they Ross? <laughs> <laughs> that i need to use the phone um and I'm my last the phone i'm one of you on the internet yeah my last msm thing was also jack um he downloaded some sort of mimicker so when you're listening to music on msn it would say what you're listening to oh yeah yeah and i noticed that he was listening to a lot of the stuff that i was listening to 
And it got to the stage where I was listening to Seasons of the Abyss by Slayer. Wow. And he was listening to it. And I said, nah, there's absolutely no way Jack's listening to this. Like, this is um, sort of album one and two of My Chemical Romance. Sort of, typically, he would listen to that sort of music. Yeah. I was just like, there's absolutely no way he's listening to this. <laughs> and I remember him coming on webcam to me, and <laughs> he's just like, dude, this song is sick. And I was just like, you're not listening to the song. Don't, don't bullshit me. And it was just so funny that like someone had gone to that length to uh to try and goof me. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a fun evening. Yeah, right. <laughs> Adds to these like massive group chats as well, where there's people just spamming emojis yeah so, but yeah good fun yeah oh, i'm just gonna give you a five minute Sometimes. warning now because i got a lasagna in the oven oh nice food of rock uh, I'm nice nice, nice. This. so we'll wrap this up i've actually only got one question left for you Wait. actually no i'm lying i've got two one's a special question just for you oh wow I've first never... question though is easily the highlight of this podcast Ross, what is your favourite meal deal? Oh, for Christ's sake. Um, does it matter where I get it from? Nope. Okay, well, definitely Tesco's going to get their chicken Caesar wrap. That, yep. That's a definite go-to to me. And then the rest, I mean, I'm, I'm such a man of variety. I always get a different thing every time. So, I mean, oh, you know, do you get crisp? Do you get a chocolate bar? I mean... Uh, I mean, let's go for right. Okay, let's just do a chicken Caesar wrap. A oh god, what crisp they? Oh, oh yeah, no, no, no. Bag of kettle chips, salted kettle chips. They only got three ingredients, but my god, are they awesome? And yeah. then oh, drink. What do I even drink? Water. <laughs> Can of Relentless, if that's on offer. Do they do that? What Relentless? Oh, original. Origin. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. Kettle chip. <laughs> Relentless original. <laughs> and the chicken Caesar wrap. Nice, nice. Very concise. I like it. So, chicken Caesar wrap's the must. You know, that's my, is the must, really. The main event. The main event. Yeah, yeah. nice. What um, chocolate bar are you having if you get a chocolate bar? Oh, probably Yorkie, to be honest. Okay. Love a bit of that. That's hard. Pink one or blue one? Oh, whatever's going. Whatever's going, you're not fussy. No, not really. Nice. I wonder if they've um, been in trouble for that. It's not for girls. Yeah, slogan. I do. Well, I did wonder that. Like pretty much like mm. yesterday or the day before, I was thinking <laughs> about it because I was because I, I well, it was because I ate a Yorkie, I think. <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, all the backlash that people would get over advertising campaigns like that. Mm. Yeah, I wonder. I do wonder how much shit they got, or whether they still get shit by ever doing it. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a funny slogan actually. I think it's Coca-Cola's, which is uh, "Share a Coke Together." Yeah. And uh, since COVID's dropped, that is not their slogan. <laughs> but I bet they still had like a running advertising campaign that they yeah. couldn't stop, and it was just. <laughs> yeah, it was probably like asterisks and then underneath in small print, it was "Please do not do this right now." Yeah, because I noticed at the start of lockdown, there were still a lot of advertising campaigns, like adverts coming on that were like not yeah. particularly relevant anymore <laughs> yeah very good very good so the last question just for you ross oh, yeah. you're the only person in the whole universe that i'm going to ask this oh god 
what happened to Tapper's milkshake? Oh, and is it coming back? Well, yeah, you must be. You will, not only am I the only person you will ask this, you're probably the only person <laughs> asking this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the Tapper's milkshake was something that I was doing with my friend Will, who um, he ended up going to uni in Southampton. So he's uh, that sort of dispersed. He was doing all the video editing and filming at the time. And he also had all the logins for the YouTube channel. So yeah. it kind of disbanded through that way, but we, we you know, we were we were kind of dying off of it a bit after those three episodes anyway, because I, I don't know, I wasn't, I, I had a lot of criticisms of myself of actually presenting that, you know, it was a bit sort of like, mm, and like, and Will as well, with his video editing, I literally like, <laughs> he'd be like, okay, I think I've got it down to a decent time, and I'd be like, okay, how long's the video? And he'd be like, 25 minutes, and I'd be like, mate, that needs to come down. You know what? <laughs> that is actually the average length of a YouTube video nowadays. Yeah, that's because a lot of, um, well, a lot of gamers and stuff are doing longer videos as well, though, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Mark, Markiplier does something yeah. called Markiplier X, yeah. and then videos and they're about 30 minutes long yeah uh, i watched some markiplier and i've been getting into yeah. quite a lot more recently as well just to uh, throw my hat into the ring i'd love to do a video with you yeah of that nature that would be a right laugh yeah absolutely and this is why i want to start sort of getting into like with this um with these musical projects that i'm getting on with i'm hoping yeah. that off the back of these i can actually start getting involved with more sort of likewise projects like that are kind of not necessarily musical, but can be incorporated as such and stuff, yeah. you know, and really start branching out and other things. So I want to do lots of stuff online yeah. and stuff. And, you know, it's difficult to get yourself around it all, and especially yeah. when I have little to no experience with it. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to get, you know, I'm still going to start getting my yeah. like, getting my feet together with what I know, stick with music for a while, yeah. Um, get yeah. my YouTube traction going with that, and then we'll worry yeah. about what else I can do. Cause I want to do some gaming stuff as well. Eventually and yeah. my friend, Tim runs um, back to reality gamers club, which is a YouTube channel where we're hopefully going to be doing stuff like that on there. But, cool, cool. But like I say, it's all stuff that's sort of pipeline for the future. Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, you know, it's got, got to get our basics done before we start thinking about the <laughs> taking over the world. Yeah, of course. That <laughs> uh, sounds good though. I think, um, if there's one thing Unasanas has uh, taught me, it's time is a finite thing. Yeah. And regardless of whether you're looking at the clock or not, that, that clock ain't going to stop ticking. Yeah. So I think really you've just got to do more, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, that's what you've I quite liked about Unasanas as well. The whole thing, it was very artistic, yeah. really, for what it was. Uh, yeah, was considering fun. a lot of it was uh, we tried to drink four gallons of milk <laughs> three minutes. Yeah, exactly. But like Mark, um, I don't know. It's because Markiplier is so soft-spoken as well. I just love his voice. Yeah, and it's just like when he's describing it, like the experience of it and the fact that it, like that he's like after they terminated the Unisarnas um, page and everything, he said he was saying about how like everyone who liked the, who enjoyed the content and everyone was like collectively grieving over the passing of it, and that's something you yeah. can't really do otherwise. No, yeah. I did like the idea. It's very artistic from a YouTuber's standpoint, yeah. really. Yeah, no, it's very good. Um, I do want to do a podcast on that at some point if you're interested in joining that for a bit. Yeah, um, I, I saw that you posted it on Facebook, and I was like, "All oh, right." I didn't realize Ross had watched that as well. Yeah, I watched a fair bit. I definitely didn't watch all. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, I, I didn't have an Xbox for a while, so uh, yeah. that was what I was watching all my YouTube stuff on. Um, yeah. I think it was a very interesting project and I think a lot more things like that are going to happen as a result of that because yeah, it was 
completely wiped from the internet, wasn't it? It was That's all right. Yeah, and there's a few like straggling like YouTube people that have yeah. taken the videos and put it back on, but I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure copyright's going to get the better of them at some point. Yeah, they'll get taken down. <laughs> um, Mark and Ethan own the content, so it's up to them whether or not it stays on YouTube, and they'll say delete it. We don't want it. Yeah, I assume they will. But yeah, I'm always up for a Tapper's milkshake. Um, personally, I really want to do some YouTube stuff, but I can't edit to save my own life. Uh, so. I'm st- I've started learning because mm. uh, the best friends video for Life Gets Better. I mean, we did a, a college version, which was one of the studio engineers at college edited together. But then I actually tried my hand at doing our own version. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting better. I'm using a... Um, um, a, a, like quite a simple uh, video editor, really. For it's quite beginner, really, but it's got quite a lot of uh, things on it. So, um, cool. uh, I'm hoping nice. to get a little bit better at that over time because, quite frankly, an internet presence might be the only sort of option for a while. Yeah, yeah, I do think YouTube specifically is thriving at the moment. Yeah, but for people are watching all the videos. Yeah, it's difficult because in two days enough content gets uploaded to YouTube that there's more than someone can watch in their life. So it's difficult That's to wade through true. it. It's very true. Right, I'll uh, I'll leave you to the lasagna, mate, but Food thanks rock. for having a chat. Thanks on behalf of Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Hello. Is there anything you want to say before you tuck into your Italian treat? Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe to what? Everything ever, <laughs> never stop I'm subscribing. I'm assuming you're talking about this podcast. Absolutely, there's absolute thank you very podcast. much. Subscribe the hell to that because you know you're going to hear Absolutely. some lovely things from lovely people. Be sure to uh, check out As Flames Chris and be sure to uh, keep an eye out for Ross's solo stuff. Yeah, and coming on. Is your band called Best Friends? Is that what it's called? Uh, so, Best Friends is the name of the project. Uh, okay. so it's going to be a collectively hopefully more and more people will get involved in it yeah nice hopefully that will grow to a point where you can't really ignore it yes that's the idea I really want to see a uh, a Spice Girls takeover but Ross version oh you know you can have it if you just believe the <laughs> nice <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure Ross thank you very much yeah, well, thank you Ben we're uh, doing a big, big gaming one next week, guys. Uh, there's going to be four people on this podcast, and we're all going to talk about sort of childhood games and what they meant to us and that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that will be on the 6th of December. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say, really. So thanks again to Ross. Huzzah! Uh, take care, everyone, and I'll speak to you soon. Subscribe! Cheers! Bye.